What's up, everybody? Troy Cartwright here. Welcome back to another episode of 10-Year Town, our very first episode of 2024. I can't believe it. We've got so much amazing stuff planned for this year. A couple housekeeping items before we get started. We have some plans and events that we don't want you guys to miss that are starting to take shape. The best way to stay connected is to join our community at tenyeartown.com. We also have a new Q&A episode coming up, so make sure you got those questions submitted also at tenyeartown.com. Thanks. Today's guest is Jesse Alexander. Jesse is an amazing songwriter who has written a ton of songs that are the soundtrack to your life, including The Climb, recorded by Miley Cyrus, I Drive Your Truck, recorded by Lee Bryce, Mine Would Be You, recorded by Blake Shelton, and so many more. I learned so much about Jesse in this episode. I was really inspired by her story and her willingness to constantly reinvent herself. Without further ado, here she is, Jesse Alexander. So I always start this thing off with the same question, Mm -hmm. which is how long have you been in town? For sure, like over 25 years. Wow. Yeah, a really long time. That's awesome. I was at MTSU um, and quit. Okay. I was a dropout. How long? How long did you make it? I went for four years, which was ridiculous. (laughs) So stupid. Like, I mean, it was a lot of wasted years because I always thought, God, if I'd moved here, I would have gotten... Mm-hmm. You know, things would have happened a lot quicker, but yeah, it's all part of the journey. That's right. But no, I was a social work major. I was a history major. Oh, I, so you weren't? I even... never, no. Oh. Because at that time at MTSU, you had two paths. You could either be a music business person, like, mm-hmm. you know, business affairs right. and business. Yeah. Or you could do engineering, mm. which like back in the day, is like MIDI and like just yeah. real techie and there wasn't a role a role for me, I, you know. In the music department, you had to be like theory driven. I was like self taught, right? Playing in bar bands, um, just had no training. I'm definitely not business oriented, <laughs> and I'm definitely not necessarily a studio rat. I understand production, yeah, and and I'm very very familiar with studio now. But right. it, there just wasn't a way. There was no songwriting major, which yeah. there is now, which is so great. Yeah. So um, it just came time and I was just floundering. I was like social work. I kind of ran that course. History was a passion of mine. Um, And I just had so many jobs. Like when I say, and I mean, it's annoying if if anybody that knows me well, they're like, oh, let me guess, you work there because I'm always like, we ride by Subway, work there. (laughs) Sears, work there. You know, (laughs) coffee shop, work there. Like I did everything except... um, be a server, which is the yeah. one thing most people do. I know, but that's like I worked thing. at a car auction. I worked at a dry cleaner. I worked literally. I would have three Jeez. jobs going, yeah, and playing in a band at night and going to school because I had to pay my own way. Okay, so it was just a ridiculous thing because I'm trying to like, I'm so blue collar in the way I think that I th- felt like, oh, I can do it all. I yeah. can work, work, work. You know, go to school, do that little school thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you can fit it all in. But it was actually um, one of the professors. I started to take some uh, music business classes yeah. because I was already like kind of dabbling in production, and people are hearing my voice on campus, and they're like, "Hey, will you come sing our demo?" Gotcha. Um, so I was getting involved in the music department, and one of the teachers said, yeah, I need to see you after class. And I was like, oh God, what? what's wrong? I was like, I'm, I know something bad. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know how to tell you this. And I know, I don't know if it's going to hurt your feelings or like liberate you, but I think you need to quit school. <laughs> no way. Literally. Wow. And I was like, what? He was like, just quit. Yeah. He's like, you're already driving to Nashville every night. You already know people. Like you just need to cut the ties and go. Wow. And it's almost like I needed, you needed someone push. to say that. Mm. I mean, nobody had said that to me. And it was true. I mean, the second I got here, it was like, yes, this is this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But if it hadn't been for Dr. Pekarsky, I've given him lots of shout outs over the years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Yeah. Um, where where did you move? Where like where were you before? From, Where'd you grow up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm from West Tennessee. Okay. Uh, Jackson's where I I'm, I was born. But gotcha. I uh, like most <clears throat> tortured artists, songwriters. You mm. know, have a checkered path afterwards. Where my parents got divorced, I went and spent. Um, my mom remarried, and we lived in Georgia for a while. Gotcha. So I have some Georgia roots too. Okay. And then uh, relocated again outside of Murfreesboro. Gotcha. And then That's, MTSU, yeah. and then moved here. So I'm Tennessee, Georgia. Gotcha. But I claim West Tennessee kind of as my yeah. my roots. It's your spiritual yeah, home. Exactly. So to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Um, so you, I guess you drop out of school. Yes. Um, and then did you like, you know, I mean, ha- what's, what's the, the move isn't that far, right? From, right. But it's like a mindset change. 100%. So did you just like move it somewhere was in Nashville? It was so true. To- it's like so close mm-hmm. yet so far away. I mean, I really didn't know anybody. All the people that I knew that were in the music world were all like, like BJ Hill. He was still Luke Laird. Like all those people were still at MTSU. Yeah. I was like the one that was like, Hey, I'm out of here. I'm quitting. Yeah. And I'm done. done. And so much that I didn't even have like a roommate figured out. Like, I mean, I got randomly placed with some, somebody, Mm -hmm. this guy uh, that we, we, we just like found an apartment and he was in like the animation, you know, and I was just, we were using MTSU's resources to help me figure out what to do. But I just started to look at, how I am now is exactly how I was then. It was very blue collar. Like mm. I would wake up and be like, what can I do today? Yeah. What can I do to further this thing? And what people don't realize is um, like how it came to songwriting because people hear me sing and they're like, you should be a singer. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really care truly if I was a singer, songwriter, backup singer, it was really what I wanted to do. Probably really? if I had to pick. Yeah. I would love singing harmony and sang in all these bands. Yeah. But the way I left MTSU, I had one like quote, like one mantra. And mm-hmm. it's like, I just want to make a living making music. Yeah. And it sounds like bare bones. That is but that's a very clear goal. It wasn't like, I want to be a star. I want to tour the world. I mean, literally it was that. I was so tired of, at that time, working at the car auction and some of these other jobs that I was like, I want to make money, but yeah. I just don't want to do it doing any of this. And yeah. so when you move here with that, it's kind of a little catch-22 because you don't have a focus. You're kind of meandering. Like mm. I would take backup singing auditions, but then I'd try to sing on demos, you know, and then I'd have people saying, you should try out for the, like, I yeah. was, I just didn't really know. I just knew that I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And I that knew that I had a gift or something. There's something calling me. So to answer your question, when I got here, um, I just started auditioning for backup singing. That was the easiest thing for me to work towards because yeah. that's what I'd been doing, doing, but um, demo singing, you got to realize too, the, the whole female in the nineties, they were crushing. Right. I got here right when that was over. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, I really wanted like Trisha Yearwood cuts and Patty Loveless cuts and all that and wound up being fortunate to have songs on those records, but they were the records that it was hard, you know, they, Times are changing. Yeah, yeah. The the those waves had sort of crested. So yeah. yeah. And so being a female singer was wasn't necessarily mm. like we're signing a bunch of those, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh how did you cut like what was your first cut? Do you remember? Yeah. I think so. I wanna say that so at that time I was singing backup for a guy named Matt King and he was on Atlantic and we I mean I want to, because your your great podcast is called Tenure Town. So yeah. I want to tell the story of like, you know, thinking that it was going to be a six month town. <laughs> As we all do. Right. <laughs> and how that happened for me was I got here and literally, I mean, I'd maybe been around Nashville like two days mm-hmm. and I saw, or someone told me about a Reba McIntyre audition for a backup singer. I was like, perfect. Perfect. That's great. I'm like 20, I don't think I'd turned 21 yet. Okay. So I'm like, perfect. I'm on the road. I've already, 
like I said, I'd been in a lot of bands, horn bands, backup singing. I'd been with large piece females, voices, you know? So I, yeah. I was like, I'm ready for this. Put me out with Reba. But when I got there, I found out that you had to dance as well. And that's not my forte. So gotcha. um, I'm standing outside of this like Coke machine at SIR and there's this guy, he's like, what's wrong? I was like, oh man, I just blew this audition. Like I just didn't get it. He's like, well, I'm a, I'm a new artist. Like I need a backup singer. I've actually been looking for someone that's kind of like Emmylou Harris that can maybe play guitar or tambourine yeah. and like sing. And I'm like, what? He's like, come audition right now. Literally thought it was going to be the Cinderella story. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I go in the audition, nail it. You know, everything's great. I get hired. I'm on a, I'm literally on my first tour bus heading to Beaumont two days later. No way. And just to come home to play the Grand Ole Opry wow. as his backup singer. Wow. I mean, it all just seems like yeah. there's boxes still not unpacked at my little apartment, you yeah. know? So it is weird how I thought that's what it was going to be. Right. And then it wasn't like he gets dropped, mm. you know? All that falls apart. Yeah, like how, how long were his- We were toured. You? I toured probably almost a year with him. Okay. But during that time, he really showed me, like, because he was getting pitched all these great songs, and he'd be like, you need to hear Sean Camp. Mm. You know, you need to hear John Scott Sherrill. Have you ever heard of, you know, Verlin Tom? Like, all this music. He And when he would listen through demos getting pitched, I'd be like, who is that? Who is that? Yeah. And then he'd be like, play me something you've written, because I'd already- started writing songs. And uh, I think it was really him introducing me to his publisher at Warner Chapel and going at the, this girl that sings backups writing songs, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of how I got my publishing deal. Yeah, that, so he, he made some kinda, introductions. And, yeah. yeah. And so I got signed, but as we say, a six month town, 10 year yeah. town, it was like right when I got signed, the company was taken over by, I think it was Apple or something. It was like a whole thing at Warner that happened back then. Gotcha. And so the guy that signed me got let go. Yeah. And then you're And then drifting. I was literally in no man's land Yeah. for one, two, three, four, five, five or six years. What did the, what did the deals look like? Like were they, was it, was it like, um, you know, years yeah, type of yeah, thing. Yeah, similar. Okay, like, similar to now. Say, like, you know, so many three-year deal or you know, I think it was like three-year deal. Yeah. Um, a big, big bonus because they looked at me kind of like an artist. I see. And um, I, I didn't know. I, like I said, I'm still, all I'm thinking about is I don't know, really know what I'm going to do, but yeah, I just know yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So you want me to do this? I can do, you know, I'm just like kind yeah. of figuring it out. And uh, anyway, to answer your question, through that, through Matt King and through that time and period, I got to know Sonia Isaacs, who's a dear friend of mine. And she recorded a song that Trisha Yearwood wound up recording years later, but she recorded a song and put it out on radio. Oh, so wow. during those first couple of years, I got to hear that. Yeah. Um, and it was just such a thrill, you know? Of course. Yeah. But it's still, I just had a lot of, voices coming at me. I think when you're brand new and you don't know, you haven't walked around in your yeah. big girl shoes, you know, it's like, I don't know, I'm still so young. And I would have these people saying, you should do this and you should do that. You should change, you should, you should make a record, you know? Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. And that's so hard when you're new to town, yes. be, it, be it you're a young artist, a young songwriter, whatever you're doing, it's like, there are, there's so many voices and opinions of like, well, yeah. you should just do this. Right. You should write this kind of song or yeah. make this kind of record or like, you know, wear your hair this way or, or whatever. And it's like, uh, I feel like it took me a long time for just to even realize like, I just need to be, people tell you, be yourself. Yeah. It's like actually really hard. Yeah. Cause you might not know who you are at 20. I mean, I think most people don't, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tall order. Yeah, and I think maybe, I don't know, maybe I never get to know. Maybe it's just sort of I'm always trying yeah. to like stay as true to what I think I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Right? And that kind of yeah. is the path, but it's hard work. It is you know? hard work. It's hard to be yourself. 
Yes. Right? It's hard to be authentic and really figure out or just tell yourself, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Yeah. And there were some hard years. I mean, after, you know, after that guy left. Yeah. A new plugger came in, and uh, and then bless his heart, he's looking at me and all the debt that I'd made at Warner Chapel. Yeah, and uh, those were hard years, like because, like I said, I thought I had it. Mm-hmm. And you'd had a song, kind of on radio at this so, point. So, so through the the first three years of that Warner Chapel deal was just you know trying to figure it out, starting to think about making record. Someone submitted me for a Grammy showcase. It was, they were doing the best unsigned artists of Nashville. Oh, wow. And uh, Regeyer uh, submitted me for that. And so I get a phone call and they're like, um, you've been, you know, submitted to, to do this. And yeah. like, you know, you should turn, I don't know what is like play a showcase or something. And I was like, ooh, okay. I can put a band together. And I yeah. ended up doing this gig and winning. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, it, was, it was like a competition. Yeah, it was like okay. best, uns, best unsigned oh, wow. artist. And I was like, whoa, you know, and it just sent me into artists. Like, because with that, you won like free, you know, time with a lawyer, mm. time with Flood Bumstead, which yeah. who is now my, still my business manager, yeah. you know, um, a, a photo shoot. Um, all these things to get you up and running. Yeah. And at the 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 judges that night, one of them was one of the heads of MCA, Tony okay. Brown, and he was just he loved what I did. And yeah. so another seems like going to be a Cinderella story. Like I kind of got a deal pretty quick. Yeah. Um. But right about the time that I got comfortable in that recording deal, that guy got let go. Yeah. Like literally, if you went through my I haven't even gotten started. Like I can't even tell you all the <laughs> all the publishing companies that came after that that yeah. I signed for this person and then they left and yeah. um, or the, it folded. I mean, it just it's kind of become a, a little bit of a comedy. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I got the deal pretty quickly. But then stepping into the role of artist for sure was hard and felt yeah. a little awkward. Yeah. It's not. My not, I love to sing. I love to be on stage. I love singing to people. Um, mm-hmm. But just the whole, there's so much more that, that goes on. Yeah, politics and politics, radio people. Exposing and, yourself, yeah. um, connecting with artists, or sorry, connecting with fans. And just the, like I said, the monotony of it didn't mm-hmm. interest me. Yeah. Um, songwriting is so fun because I get to every day is completely different. Yeah. And I think that's what I didn't like about my day jobs. It, and all my, was it was desk job or subway or all these places, you know, it's just, I like changing it up. Yeah. It really suits my personality. Yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So it sounds like, so you, you have published deal, then you have this record deal and then you're like- The record deal, yeah. At some point you're like, all right, it's not for me. Well, I end up getting signed, you know, do that. And the like I said, the label that I signed to wasn't even the label anymore. And this record had gotten so old. And, yeah. you know, and, the, and things are changing in Nashville. Like um, I got to finally get the right team in place and they launched my song literally the same week on the same label as Redneck Woman, wow. Gretchen Wilson. Yeah. So. Like I was kind of like folky, like singer songwriter, probably what Americana or mm. what Chris and Stapleton has gone on to do, like Casey Musgraves, all that. But none of that. Was I mean, at that yet. time we had like Sheryl Crow, who was like rock, and you yeah. had like Lucinda Williams, and um, it just that wasn't around. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I was leaned a little more like that, and uh, Redneck Woman just, as we all know, just yeah. cha- changed everything. Took over. It really did, and. I hung around trying to do it, but through those years, like me and Miranda, we were together on the same label. Yeah. You know, Dirk Bentley was one of my best new friends. I was at his first showcase. Like all of us in the little big town, we were in rooms right next to each other before yeah. they even had a band name. Like it's just, I look at those years as they were just really good growth years. Mm. And like I got my grit, I got my perseverance yeah. down because. You're going to need. 
Uh, it was a lot of like, oh, oh we're going to stop. No, go. No, stop. No, go. You know, <laughs> a lot of mixed signals and not unfocused. and So, so relatable. Yeah. yeah it's and like, it's just like, and it gives me such a great perspective working with artists now because mm-hmm. I know I've been there and I know that frustration. What's well, like, uh, I always tell people I felt like my experience was like I was a human cannonball. Yeah. And I was sitting in the cannon and yeah. people just kept yelling down the <laughs> down the thing like it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Right? Like just wait. Just it's going to be there. so awesome. You're going to we're going to launch you. You're yeah. going to change the world and you know, it just it's like, oh okay. Yeah. It just never went that way. Yeah. You know, and and you're like you have to find the grit, right? The fortitude to go, oh my God. Yeah. I got to figure this out, you know? And you just kind of got to keep going. Absolutely. And you got to really want it. Yeah. And see, I, I just didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, there was that hard to like, there, there realize? There was some or? part of me that just didn't. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think about it, I'm not a very good athlete <laughs> because of that. Like, I would be like, well, the team's just better than us. Like, that's why they went. I remember my teammates and coaches being like, you know, or, or I'd just be real nonchalant. Like, I wasn't driven enough to be an artist. Mm. I mean, you've got to have a laser focus. It's hard. Yeah. And I just didn't, I was too casual in it. Now, what's funny is, as a songwriter, I can definitely take on that intensity. Really? But as an artist, I never had it. Hmm. And I can remember where I was in San Francisco, the literally the um, side of the road I was sitting on when I called the curb and called my manager and just said, you know, because we were waiting, we we're waiting on, I'd gotten merged again. Gotcha. And we weren't, we started MCA, then we were MCA Mercury, then we were Universal, and then we were, went back to, you know, yeah. BMG. I mean, it was just one of those. Yeah. So it's been like, I'd lost like four years of my life through this. Yeah. And uh, I remember calling him and just saying like, you don't even have to wonder anymore if they're going to drop me, like I'm out. Wow. And I, I still write about it. I write about that moment a lot because it, it was the most freeing, no tear cried, nothing bitter, all sweet. Mm. I mean, it was like I walk, I stood up. I remember standing up as a blue sky, and I just like, I just changed my life and it, for the better. Wow. And I never looked back, and it never was sad. It never mm. felt like, God, I can't believe I did that. It was just ripe in time. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so beautiful. It's like I'm like I'm a little bit emotional I, right now. I get it. I, yeah. It, it it really made me sad, and it's almost like a relationship that you should have left a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It was broken. Yeah. That's how I felt. It was like it all I needed to do was say goodbye. And the second yeah. I did, it was like, yes, now your life, now God can really give me the fruit to the labor. Yeah. You know, it's wow. not just gonna be the labor. Um yeah. and right <laughs> away, uh, you know, a new me emerged truly. And that that person has been in the forward driver's seat yeah. since that sec. Cause it wasn't like, I'm not going down without a fight. Like right. I'm still gonna crack this code. Yeah. It's just not gonna be that way. Yeah, you're gonna do I've it your played way. it by y'all's rules. You want, you know, I felt like I was tossed around and people kind of shine me up and put me in this box that I needed to be in. But I felt like me and my gut knew like, wow. I'm supposed to do something else. Yeah. But I didn't know it was going to take another <laughs> four years. Yeah, yeah. So what? What did did you uh, like? So no you, record deal, uh-huh. no publishing deal. <laughs> Six years of my life's over. Yep. And I'm twenty, whatever at that time. Yeah. <clears throat> so at that time, I started dating my now husband, mm-hmm. John Randall, and he was killing it as a songwriter. He was. He had just won for Whiskey Lullaby Song of the Year. Like. Yeah. He's, and I'm thinking, we're probably going to get married. We're going to have kids. You know, I'm starting to think my, like, I've given it six years. Mm-hmm. Like, I've done really, I've done my best. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but he's really killing it. So maybe I'm just going to take a step back. And we call it the year of, like, 
of no, you know, where we're like, we're not going to do anything we don't want to do. Yeah. We're just going to, because he'd been through a bunch of record deals too. And we're like, we're just going to make music we love. We're going to do things we love. And I just started writing like kind of my roots type of songs, like yeah. more traditional country. Um, I grew up with a lot of kinds of music, but you know, like my go-to is traditional country. So yeah. that's what I kind of started writing. And I got my second publishing deal through that. Gotcha. And I was signed to Disney with um, Lisa Ramsey signed me, but it was like Mark Nessler and Philip White and all these really yeah. traditional country type singers. And Sonia Isaacs was there and just, it felt like home. Yeah. And coming from a big company like Warner Chapel, it was fun to go to a little small company and uh, just really fit, just fit right into the day-to-day -day songwriting life. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And so that was good, but that didn't mean anything. Like, right. Because here's the problem. Anytime someone's booked with me and they see, because Lisa's like, I got to get you some rights. No one wants to write with me because I'm a washed up artist that got <laughs> dropped. Nobody wants to write, you know? So she's like pulling all the stuff. Like, who could she put me with? I'd kind of yeah. run my course with all the people that had writ written for me, with me for the record. They're mm -hmm. done with me, you know? Yep. You know, I, 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 I'm like, you're, yeah. you're like, this is like chicken noodle soup for me. Right. right. Now. <laughs> so you'll see like a common thread as well. My story is reinventing myself. Mm -hmm. Like this was another one of those moments of like, oh shit. Like I, I gotta, I gotta prove to these people that I'm a songwriter, Yeah, that I'm not just a singer. Like, even though I wrote my whole record, you know, but I have to earn my keep. Yeah. And so, boy, I got busy. I mean, I I just really dug deep. And, you know, when you want to leave, the right stayed. And when you don't want to write with that person because you think it's going to be awkward, you write. You know, mm -hmm. you you want someone starts the second song of the day, you write the second song. Like, I took it on like it was a full-time job and I was going to, you know. Yeah get my overtime. You're going to make it work. And I was going to make it work. Yeah. And so those years were a grind for sure, but I wrote some great songs. Yeah. Yeah. What? So what was like the the first big break as a songwriter? Do you remember, like, is it hard yeah. to say or? It's crazy to say because it's like towards the middle of that publishing deal, maybe the second year in, I'm like, ooh, writing's on the wall. Like... <laughs> Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. They're gonna, they're gonna can me, you know. Like, mm. and uh, like I said, Jr's crushing it, and I'm really itching to be a mom one day, mm. and you know, we're gonna get married, and uh, I think he had even proposed at that time. Like, it's happening, and I think a little baby part of me started to think maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Mm. Like, truly, it's been almost nine years, you know, and. Uh, He's killing it, so he can provide. And yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to step into something. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And that's when I started what I would call throwing Hail Mary passes, mm -hmm. rights that just, it's just whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're just working through your deal. You're just, <laughs> yeah. And that's when I, I got booked to write with John Mabe, who I'd been writing with his wife, Connie Harrington. Um, but John Mabe, he was... Uh, plugger, you know, that I'd heard about and we met and we had written, I think, I don't know if this is our first right or, or handful of rights after, but uh, I came in the, to the right that day. I was just on the way to work and thinking about, you know, who am I going to call or what radio station? And I was like, no, there's a voice in me like, don't listen to anything. Mm. Listen to, find a melody. Yeah. You don't even know what you're going to do today. You know, I felt unprepared. And I just started singing this melody and like walk into his studio. Like he's got garage band. I'm like, get your guitar, get my guitar. I need a guitar fast. Yeah. And Before I start playing these changes that I, cause I sang it all the way there. Just don't want to forget. I kept thinking, is this, it sounds classic. Like, what is it? And that's when um, we wrote the melody for the climb. Wow. Yeah. And so, it was weird because I didn't think anything about it. Yeah. Um, we actually had an artist as a third that day that came in and she uh, she said the fateful words like, I don't want to write 
a ballad. I have too many ballads. I want to write a honky tonk song. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. This idea that I had coming in the door is not honky tonk, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I picked up my guitar, started playing a shuffle, and we wrote her a honky tonk song. Yeah. And uh, then she left, and I was like, I need to hear that song, that melody again. And uh, it was too late in the day to write it that day, but I remember going to the BMI and ASCAP Awards that year and it being another year, mm-hmm. nine years that I went to an award show and I'm so happy for my friends. Like when I say I'm happy for my friends, like there's nobody happier. Yeah. I literally can, f- like when I go to someone's number one party that I love, I I feel it, yeah. I love it. Yeah. But I just would, it, I just got a little tired of going to those without a red ribbon, you know, without, yeah. and I just, it started really getting to me. And I, I remember thinking that night that, you know, but what if it happened so quick? What if some, what if I was like some of these other people that are just getting up there for the first time? They've only been here <laughs> six months, yeah. you know? I remember thinking, but I wouldn't have any of the journey, like the depth, the, I don't, wouldn't have maybe have the passion that I have. Yeah. And I didn't have the, the line, the climb, but I definitely had the, the thoughts of like, I wouldn't want it to happen overnight. I wouldn't right. want it any other way. Yeah. So when we wrote, we got back together and wrote the climb, I didn't think anything about it. Yeah. Until um, I, Lisa Ramsey, that great song plugger, she heard that Hannah Montana, they were coming here to film that movie. And she was like, what the heck, you know, like you're going to write, you're going to have us a movie about country, you know, music, Nashville in Franklin, Tennessee, and you're not going to have country songwriters write the songs. Yeah. So she did the most amazing thing and went around the Disney people, found the director of the movie, invited him over to our little publishing company and had a guitar pull for him. Like we had beer in a bucket and and passed around (laughs) a guitar. We played a bunch of dirt countries. All the writers there were very traditional. Yeah. And uh, he just really loved my voice and said, hey, before I leave, can you just put something on a CD? Like, cause I just want to listen to your voice. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is it. If I'm going to pitch to Hannah Montana, which by the way, I didn't even know who Hannah Montana was. <laughs> you know, it was like pre-kids. Like I didn't know anything about yeah. that. And I was like, if I've got anything Disney or pop, this is it. This is the one. Yeah. And I put a song on there at that time. It was called It's the Climb and it was... John Mabe singing it, like it was third person. It was totally not necessarily a pointed pitch. Yeah. But sure enough, he called me and he said, if you'll rewrite this song, I will change your life. That's exactly what he said. (laughs) No way. And I said, oh, honey, because he's from London. Yeah. And I said, oh, hon, you are so sweet. You just don't understand how it works here. (laughs) Like, because... You don't understand, like, people like me don't get that. Like, someone in L.A. is going to get the big feature song. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to rewrite the script, and she's going to play the song in the movie, and then it's going to be the end title. And I was like, yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah. But you need to talk to your folks in L.A. Yeah. And sure enough, the guy from L.A. calls. He goes, like, if you'll rewrite this song— I'm like, I will rewrite anything you, you know. Yeah. I still didn't believe it until um, I saw Miley, which is so weird, a year later at the same BMI Awards. Jeez. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's two years later. Yeah. Regardless, I was pregnant at the time. And um, she walks up to me and she's like, oh my gosh, Jesse, it's about to change your life. We're about to go to five formats with The Climb. And I literally said to her, you are so sweet. I took her hand. I said, you are so sweet. I said, that, that just doesn't happen. Like, I, did, I, I just couldn't, I'd had the rug yanked out of, yeah. so many times. Yeah, I just did guarded. not believe them. I did not believe them. Oh my God. And um, what's really f- sweet is January 22nd, the day that my daughter was born, was the day I watched in the hospital Miley Cyrus sing it at the Barack Obama inauguration ball. So it was truly like the birth of me as a songwriter, yeah. me as a mom, like, wow, game on, you yeah. know? Wow. And so those, that was 10 years, though. 
So that's why I love your podcast because it is 10 years. It's like that's crazy. 10 year town. Yeah. I mean, that's such a special story. Yeah. It's like insane. It's in, It truly is insane. <laughs> so it's like so many years of frustration and then it's like, oh, here's like, and it, he was right. It, it, it did change your life. 1,000%. Yeah. And so like, what is that? What is that ride like? Uh, being a part of a song like that, like was it? Uh, was that actually the first time that she played it? Yeah, it was like um, when she exposed. You know, had the, the movie world. come out? Had it come out yet? Or I, I don't think so. I okay. don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. Gotcha. Um, so it was just like it was just it. It like you just don't understand though. I'm a brand new mom. I knew nothing about. I didn't babysit growing up. I didn't have brothers <laughs> and sisters. You know, I didn't take care of my cousin or, I mean, like I, I'm in like brand new territory Yeah. and I'm, you know, I, I can't deal with this, this explosion that's going on in my life Yeah. because I'm trying to figure out what to do, Yeah. how to be a mom, how to be a mom, how yeah. to swaddle. I mean, it's just like basics, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so I really just, those three months, the first three months are just a blur. Yeah. Um, it was everywhere though. I mean, I would be turn on pop radio. I'd never listened to pop radio in my life. I'm like, turn it on. There's my song. Yeah. I'm having people come out of the woodwork, people I went to high school with or, you know, yeah. just all of it. The what the most interesting part though was I thought that it would just be like this key that I'd been missing to unlock the doors of Nashville, but it wasn't. Really? It was basically like, I felt like everyone thought, oh, see, you should have been writing pop music all along. You know, yeah. that's what you do. That's what you do. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, it was like weird. It's like, but I'm not really a pop writer and I, I'm not really. Yeah. I have always loved writing inspirational music mm-hmm. and I've, and I enjoy gospel music and I love, um, you know, that kind of truth telling. Yeah. So that's not very far fetched, but as far as being a Disney Right. You know, <laughs> right. franchise writer is like not anything I would have ever dreamed of. Yeah. So yeah, it was wow. it was life changing. Yeah. I had to reinvent myself though again mm-hmm. in 2010, 2010 and twenty eleven because then everyone just wanted to write that with me. Yeah, and are you getting like? I'm sure you're getting like crazy because I always ask people yeah. like, oh, you get the first one. Most people's number ones are like you know, not like the biggest song in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like how, yeah, this, I'm sure it put you in some rooms that were- It put were, me in rooms, but not rooms I ever thought I'd- Yeah. It not like it really opened a lot of LA doors. Mm-hmm. And I would go to LA and, you know, Disney LA is like, bring the baby out here, like come right. Like, gosh, we've got Cinderella, we've got Tinkerbell, like- um, we've got this this show, this show. Like they were, they'd been kind of looking for what they called a top liner, which I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And to me, it was kind of easy. I was like, oh, you just get to write melodies, and this is awesome. Um, yeah. You know, it it was. I do love what I loved about Disney, and I still love to this day. Is I do love a focus. Mm-hmm. I like here's this movie, here's the script, and the same right now. Here's this artist. Here's what they don't have. Like I like that. Yeah. So. Going out to LA at first was just, I felt like just country came to town. I knew nothing about, they'd be referencing, you know, artists at that time. And I would have no idea, like yeah. huge artists, yeah. like Lady Gaga or something. And I, I mean, I literally eat, sleep and breathe Southern rock, traditional country music and like 90s hip hop. Yeah. Like I, it doesn't go much further <laughs> than those three things. Yeah. I don't listen. I don't know what's the new thing ever. Um, so it was funny, like those years, which didn't last long, I felt like an imposter mm-hmm. and it really made me so confused. I'm like, am I not a country songwriter? You know, yeah. am I a pop writer? I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And so um, I did get some time in London. I wrote for Celine Dion and got a cut on that record. There were some really cool highlights yeah. in, of that era, but it also was very like my home life, like sleepless nights with a baby, learning, yeah. a, you know, just a grind. Yeah. But yeah, it to answer your, your big question, the climb 
literally changed my life. Yeah. It put me on the map and got me in the game. It just felt a little like odd. Yeah. It's like a little bit different than what you thought. What it I would thought be. it would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you've had some. I guess, great country music moments. Since yeah, then. I think that's when I, the more I traveled out there, I was like, I don't want to go out there. Yeah, I've got to figure out how to make it work in Nashville. Mm. Um, and that's the year that I wrote my publishers and said, I don't want to write with any more females. I don't want to sing. Mm. I'm, I no longer am a singer. Yeah, I'm about to walk in the door January 1 and be a male songwriter in my brain. Um, yeah. And and I'm gonna write male male songs. Like I'm done with the dreams and the wings and the, you know, it's back to my roots yeah. of you know chiseled and stones. What I came here to write. He stopped loving her today. Yeah. I will always love you. Like that's that's who I am uh, as a songwriter. Yeah. And that was what my focus was. And but the problem was, like I said earlier, I had to reinvent myself. I had to walk in the door. One of my first rights of that year was Rodney Clausen, two-way. Mm. And I'm sure he's thinking, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? And yeah. why am I with her? And the whole time I'm like, no, 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 I'm not singing. What do you want to do? <laughs> you know, you pick up the guitar. Yeah. Um, one of the other rights, and we wrote Drink on it like pretty soon after yeah. for Blake Shelton, just like that. The, the biggest story that came from this era was I had Connie Harrington on my book, just two-way. Yep. And I couldn't cancel Connie because I adore her. Yeah. And I was like, if nothing else, you know, we'll just go have lunch and catch up. Yeah. And we'd gotten to be even closer through John Mabe. And uh, by this point, I'm pregnant with, a pregnant again. And uh, I was like, it'll be a light day. It'll be an easy day. Me and Connie will just hang out. And uh, she brings me the idea for I Drive Your Truck. Yeah. So right then and there, it could have been a female song because I was picking up my guitar, yeah. I was playing and singing, but my gut knew, absolutely not. If you want to get this song recorded and heard, we have to get a male in here. Wow. And so I was just hell bent. And I'm sure I've probably, there might've been a little, you know, naysayers out there like, or, you know, think it's weird that I don't write with females. At the, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't writing with females. Obviously Connie and I wrote, a, I meant yeah. writing I wasn't going to write for women anymore. Right. Well, and the the format, especially at that time, was so like male skewed. So you yeah, probably is like, look, if I'm going to be successful, successful it, yeah, I have to do it this way. And like, felt like kind of Carrie had found her people. Miranda had her mm -hmm. people. Like, everybody kind of had their girl, and I never had that with an artist. I never. Blake Shelton was the first artist that I felt like when I write just what I want to write and say it the way I want to say it. Like, yeah. like, agree, you know, like yeah, we. It sounds like him. It sounds like Blake. Yeah. yeah. And so he was the first and only artist I feel like truly I have a, like a groove with. Wow. Um, and so those years were a lot of writing for Blake. You know, mine would be you came from that. But mm -hmm. I Drive Your Truck really changed my life as yeah. well. Just it, it really put in perspective yes, this, this is your sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. And such, again, such like an impactful song. I think that song means so much to so many people. Yeah. You know, and it's like Yeah. It's awesome. It sure means a lot to me. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. Um well man, I mean, I got so many questions, Go. but I well, I I think I'm just really like I think what's so inspiring about your story and, you know, we've written together. Yeah. But like, you know, I know you a little bit, but I I think I didn't realize how much of like I think it's inspiring that so much of your your growth and like the things that kind of changed your trajectory or like kind of started with like saying no to something else, which yeah. is which is very hard to do. Mm. I think especially in the music industry because we're so hardwired to say yes to everything right. to get as much on the plate as possible because yeah. you know I I know for me it's like I remember when there was nothing on the plate yeah and you're so, like I'm so glad, now there's stuff coming glad to have anything yeah 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 but and then you say yes to too many things and you yeah got no focus and yeah. whatever so I don't know that's that's like really inspire I think people yeah. will like learn a lot from kind of hearing like ah, it's okay to like say no to certain things I or hope so you know 
It's but, it's scary. Yeah. It's risky. I mean, don't get me wrong. I yeah. Whew, I've missed some big boats, you know, some big <laughs> some big artists. But really? like I don't know. I just don't I don't feel it. I don't know. I um Yeah. I I just tend to follow my gut. If I get jazzed up about an artist or a a song on the radio or a, a new songwriter, like it's almost like a crush. Yeah. You know, I get really jazzed up. And if that doesn't happen for me, then it's, I can still do my job, you know? Yeah. I'm a professional. Sure. But when I see like the dents I've made in my career, like yeah. really some some good swings, it's usually like a big passion comes over me. And Yeah, you have like conviction for that. Conviction, thank you. Yeah. Like at that time, I was very convicted in, um, yeah, I'd lost my mom when I was younger in my early 20s and from ovarian cancer. And so I really wanted to write about grief. So when that song idea approached was approached to me, I was like, game on. Yeah. This is it. This is I've always wanted to write about it and this is it. Or um like songs like uh Drink on It and Mine Would Be You, having a little like makeup sex and um all that kind of sexy off color kind of stuff that yeah. I like that. I like doing that in songs huh. felt at that time. It wasn't do, being done a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like not playing safe, you know? Right. It felt like, like you were taking a risk basically yeah. by writing about it. And, exactly. Yeah. And then what really excites me is uh, uncharted territory, hmm. like an artist that maybe never, never written with a female or never recorded a female song. Like, like that's, that's always neat, you know, just to yeah. go, I wonder why, huh. you know, why, why haven't you? I want to, I want to be the first one. Like, what do, how can I, how can I bridge the gap between guy and girl? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I don't see myself as a girl songwriter. I just literally see myself as a songwriter. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we've got, well, we've all been a little guilty of being like, oh, we need a female in the room or we need two guys or one mm -hmm. guy, you know, the, compartmentalizing songwriting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get passionate about like, how can I, what I do, help that artist? Yeah, but that's that's the whole game, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, what kind of stuff do you do like to get, I don't know. I mean, you kind of talked about what the inspiration is, but like, is there anything... It's like, do you like to read? Do you like, yeah. you know, what do you, Inspiration. do you just write stuff down? Do you have a hookbook or like big yeah. voice memos guy? Oh what? my God. <laughs> I, I don't get as many concepts as I wish. Yeah. I, I definitely am always looking for a great concept writer because I do really well with someone that has an idea because yeah. I, just like a movie, like a producer or director of a film, like I, I see it. Yeah. Like I can really visualize it and see it. And I also feel like one of my strengths is like editing. But as far as concepts, like I do not have like a long list of hooks and yeah. I might just have a couple, you know. Um, I definitely have, you know, voice memos of me singing like all the time. Yeah. It drives my kids crazy. Um, <laughs> I definitely read. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of movies. I... um try to really stay like open to yeah. hearing everything. Yeah. But when, in terms of writing for an artist, I definitely try to do my homework. You do? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to be sitting on a tour bus with the artist and bring up a title and them say, yeah, I actually recorded a song like that two records ago. Yeah. I think I got burned early on, mm -hmm. you know, doing stuff like that. It's like, nope. So, what I do is I take in their, take their music on as a collection and I, I treat myself like just like any listener. Yeah. And I go, what has not been said by this artist? I'm, mm. I, I'm like a scavenger. I get very investigative, like how I want to know more. Like yeah. great example, Cole Swindell. He hadn't written a lot with females, maybe... I don't know if I was the first, but when I found out he didn't, I was like, well, we need to write, yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, we wrote uh, a, one of my favorite songs, Dad's Old Number, me and him and Chase McGill. But the second time around, his second record coming on, I was like, on the tour bus, what has he not done? Yeah. Do it. He's mm -hmm. never done a collaboration with a female. 
so right away, I'm like, that's what we should do today. Yeah. And it wound up being never, um, no, say no. Yeah, never, yeah, say, never say never. Yeah. And it was like, that's a great example of me going, not, not a lot of homework, but enough to go, what has he not done? And how can I be of service today? Yeah. That's so great. That's, that's, that's incredible. That's basically as far as it goes, though. It was yeah. in terms of I don't have like eight songs started. And, right. you know, I try to have enough, but leave it open. It sounds like you just do a really good job, though, of getting the overall picture and go, maybe I can. Yeah. Here's a place where I can, you know, do work. Also, really can, try to find like a hot button that we both have. Like, what's something we have in common? Mm. What's something that I can pull from that's similar? Um, an interest or a, you know, I was just writing with an artist that had kind of a tortured home life and and I thought of a cool title and idea because I, ha- I was like, oh, I can, I, I can see him. I, he's going to see me. Like we have that. Yeah. Similar. And, and so it's things like that. Yeah. Where you just go, I look at it like I have a tool belt. And I just keep my tools sharp and, and I just walk in and I'm like, what do I need to do today? Am I a hammer? Uh-huh. Am I a nail? You know? <laughs> and so that's kind of how I operate yeah. on a day to day. Yeah. So like very like blue collar. Very blue collar. Yeah. But and some days uh, I'm writing. I'm writing cabinet. You know, my grandfather was a carpenter. And so I was like always his little understudy. I loved being around him and mm. his tools. But um he, I can remember there'd be days that he'd complain because he had just to make these custom cabinets yeah. that everybody wanted. But every now and then he got to make like this beautiful bench or this beautiful, uh, you know, mm-hmm. custom job. And that's, that's the way I feel as a songwriter. You know, I write custom jobs, custom songs. Yeah. And then I write songs that are just, they serve their purpose. Yeah. And both, both work. Yes. And I'm so glad I get to do both. Yeah. What a great job, you know? Great job. Yeah. Um, well, I uh, I feel like there's a lot more that we could get to, so maybe you'll come back sometime. Be Absolutely. Great. I'd love to have you back. But um, yeah, thank you so much for being yeah. here. What a, just, this is one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. So Good. thank you so much. And thank you. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's the pod. See you later. Thanks everybody for listening. Keep rating. Keep reviewing. Keep subscribing. We love you. Talk to you soon.